We are Emily and Blair and welcome to Elevating Business, the podcast which focuses in on all things around starting a business online, growing that business and doing so in a way that is healthy and enjoyable to you, the business owner. Before we dive in, be sure to visit our website at emilyandblair.com, which you can use to work your way through starting a business online, step by step, and it's completely free. and welcome to episode 59. Blair, we'll start with good content creation and I'm going to give you some post-vacation planning tips. Thanks, Emily. Yeah, so last week in episode 57, I talked a wee bit about um, titles for your content and basically tips to make your titles better. So if you haven't heard that one, um, go back and have a listen to episode 57 because it dovetails nicely into this one where we're talking about the actual content itself. So we're basically going to talk about some tips to make it better for SEO and for rankings. And I'll go through eight tips now uh, with you just so you've got a bit of a starter on you know, how to start writing your content and setting it up so you rank better. These aren't the be-all and end-all, but they're certainly a good start. And um, if you want to know more, you can easily do some Google research. Um, There's heaps of uh, resources online for it. And we've got some more resources on our website, emilyandblair.com. So feel free to have a look in there. Righto, so number one, using software to help. These days, there's heaps of software out there which has been set up to actually enable you to compare your your content against your competitors and write it so it's better than your competitors. So softwares like Phrase and Surfer SEO, basically they'll analyze your competitors' content and then they'll give you a direct comparison. They'll actually give you, you know, like a percentage of where yours sits to your competitors. And as you write into into this uh, software, you know, it will update that percentage so you can see, you know, when you pass your competitors in terms of um, how good your content is compared to the competitor. So that would be definitely something I'd recommend is to subscribe to some of these softwares. Um, And we'll put the links to these in our show notes. So the second point is the first part of your content should address the article's topic directly. So your article is doing product comparison and asking which one is best, then provide the recommendation or answer it in the first paragraph. Okay, because what you need to remember is that Google wants to see your content being friendly to the user and not everyone's going to want to read all the 2,000 words you've written about the certain recommendation. Some will just want to read the first bit saying, righto, I'm, you know, I want to look at a podcasting microphone, for example. They come across your article and the first point of your article is the recommendation of the best podcasting um, microphone. You know, they might just go, right, well, that's all I need and they'll go to Amazon and buy it. Or on the flip side, you might get people that are really detailed and they want to know all that information. So they will then read all the 2,000 um, words that you've written below it. But the key thing is to put that recommendation at the top because that will allow you you to cover off both of those customers. 
The third thing is links. So you need to ensure that you've got some internal links to supporting articles on your website. So that's different pages that support that certain thing. So maybe it's um, you've got an article about podcast microphone stands, and then you've got the article about podcast microphones. So you would link to the stands article within your microphones article and vice versa. And that, that's good because they're related topics and, and Google likes that. You also want to externally link. So any references that you've got in your content, you know, you want to put external links to those websites where you've pulled those references from. The fourth point is keywords. So you want to include your keywords in the article, but be careful not to stuff them in there, like overuse them, because Google will see this and they basically penalize you for it. So current thought around this is, is a general rule. You should try and include your primary keywords about once in every 100 to 150 words. Okay, so if you're writing in Microsoft Word, you're writing your content, you can do a word count and see how many words you've got and, and see how many times a word is used by, by searching for that word um, or keywords. So worth checking that before you put, post your content on your site, that one, you've got a, your keywords used enough and two, you haven't overused them. So the fifth one is to always structure your content. So you've got consistency in terms of introduction, the main contents, the recommendations, and a conclusion. So it's a bit like when you're at school writing an essay. You know, you had a structure for the for the for your essays. Same thing with content. You want it to have a structure throughout all of your different articles. So then, you know, you've got consistency. You know you're including the same sort of level of information. And it's SEO friendly. And it just means that all of your content is consistent and users will see that. So point number six is try to really write to the audience. Okay, so ensure you focus on and address and exactly what they're after, you know, what, what are they looking for when they look at your article? So you don't want to write your article based on trying to rank it in terms of Google specifically. You want to write it to your audience. You know, there's obviously SEO things you can do, but at the end of the day, you want to engage your audience. Google will see if your audience is engaged because they'll stay on your page longer and they will give you benefit for that. So you want to try and um, solve a pain point that the that the customer's got um, or a topic, you know, and, and make sure that you focus the exact content on what the heading in the article is, is about um, and just really make sure that it's trying to answer a, a problem or a pain point that the consumer's got. So point number seven would be to use quality images and video, okay? So we're not just talking about copies that you found on the internet or stock photos. I mean, obviously, sometimes stock photos are fine, but you want to make sure that the, the photos and the videos are really relevant to the content. And where you can, if you can do original video, that is that is gold, really. And uh, it's obviously a bit more expensive and a bit more time-consuming to do, um, but it's real investment because it's unique. And, you know, that will really set your content aside if you can get unique video into it. And number eight, the last one is to propel your content via multiple social media channels. You know, so if you write your content, you want to be able to use it. You might as well be putting it on Twitter. You might as well be putting it on your Facebook feed. You know, and there's obviously softwares out there like Social Bee 
which will automate all of that for you. So it's it's using your content multiple times over in different channels and different avenues. Because remember, if you put it on your blog, on your website, you've got a certain customer base that's going to see it on your website. But you've also got a customer base on your on your Facebook feed that may not see it on your website, but they will on your, on your Facebook feed and vice versa. So... Make sure you throw all of your content right out there over all of the channels that you've got memberships for, and that way you're you're maximising the use of that content that you've written. So overall, you know, there's obviously many things that you can do to make your content better and stand out. But following the eight tips that I've just talked about will help you get a great start and set you on your way. Emily. Thanks, Blair. Yeah, so in the last episode, we talked about how to prepare for a vacation before you take it. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about how to relax on the vacation and how to slowly get back into work without feeling like you need another vacation after the one you've just had. So if you go away on holiday, the temptation to be checking your phone, your emails constantly every day, every morning when you get up is hard you'll be tempted to do that. But it's. It, I really, really would say for the best relaxation you can get is don't do that. Because if you see an email that you need to respond to, then you're going to need to sit and respond to it. And because if you don't, you're then going to be stressing and worrying about it and therefore not enjoying your vacation. Now, I understand at some points, if you say you've taken two weeks off, there may be points in that time where you need to check your emails. But have a specific time you do that. Don't be doing it every morning don't be just doing it haphazardly through the day set yourself a time to do that once every couple of days and actually that will then minimize the stress you will be feeling when you're getting home from that vacation you know coming back to the unknown of how many emails you're going to have um what those emails are going to be and that can cause a lot of stress and worry towards the end of your holiday so to minimize that perhaps do check your emails but not all the time. Have a specific time to do that and have some real key days for really switching off and not looking at your phone. And that's probably important for your family as well. Like if you're vacationing with your family, having those set times is really good because there's nothing worse than, and you see this all the time, you know, if you go to a a resort, you've got the parents sitting there on their phones or on their laptops or whatever, and the kids are playing and things. It's sort of, you know... you want to make your vacation for your family as great as it can be. And by creating those set times, mm. you know, your family know that that's your, a bit of work time and, that, and that's fine. And then you can focus on your family when you're not doing, you know, those those specific work times. Yeah, because otherwise it could cause tension between yeah, um, you and your partner and you and your kids, you know. So that is one thing I really recommend. And just maybe trying to do things on your holiday that are relaxing, you know, getting some fresh air, nice walks. Uh, and we've talked about in, the, in previous episodes of meditation, things like that, that you can still continue while you're on holiday are also really good little ways to just make sure you are staying as relaxed as possible. And then when you get back, I also mentioned in the previous episode, leave your autoresponder on for another couple of days, because that will give you time to respond to the emails that you've got and just ease you back into that working mode. If you'd not already tidied your desk before you went, then spend some time in those two days getting everything sorted, everything tidied and organised and have that slow ease back into work. Yeah, the um, one of the other things which is quite important is people, you know, they focus on their email autoresponder, but these days, you know, with social media, you've got all these social media accounts where you might have, you might have a lot of 
um, customers and followers coming in through your social media accounts. So if you're taking an extended vacation of say a month or something like that, it pays to also put, you know, and you can pin a post, you know, on Facebook and things at the top of your feed saying, hey, look, you know, we're, we're away for a month. You know, you're not going to hear too much from us on the feed during this time. Uh, we look forward to seeing you when we get back and all the rest of it. Because mm-hmm. people these days, you know, if you're away for two weeks and you're, you're a regular social media user in terms of your business, you know, people are going to notice really quickly when you when you're not around, and they might think that you've stopped your business or, or mm. something else has happened. So yeah, and with well the with the autoresponder, just keep it short, sweet, and helpful. Yeah, and to the point, so people know that you are you're you are away, and they know when to expect a response from you, and um, where they could possibly contact someone if they need something in the meantime. Yeah, that's a really good point. Certainly putting that date of when you're back. So they, you know, so there's reality about exact timeframes of, of when when you're available and when you're not. I think yeah. they're really Make important. Make it really tips. clear. Oh, all good. Thanks, Emily. Thank you. So that's all we've got time for in episode 59. We'll see you in episode 60. Any links and resources mentioned in this episode can be found in the show notes. And remember that our website is a huge resource of free step-by-step guides for starting a business online and working through the journey. If you like what you're hearing, then please subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend. 